0: Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with newfound peace of mind. everybody welcome back to another episode of mailbox Money. I'm Jackson Wood joined as always by my partner and my friend. also happy birthday Ryan just a couple of days ago Ryan Kruger's here. In today's episode we this is gonna be part one of two, right This is a, a series we thought would be fun to create um, and today the, the topic is, things about money or money principles that I want to teach my young kids and the inspiration for these episodes. And next week is going to be, you know, Ryan's son is graduating and and going off to college. And so it's going to be a little bit more serious and probably more robust next week. But the inspiration kind of struck Ryan as he was on a walk, helping his son prep for a graduation speech. And I thought that this was just kind of divine, right? Um, I think we can all complain about money and finances and taxes and how they don't teach you this at school and you know all of the complex algebra which we kind of still use some algebra you know in math in our jobs but they teach all this thing these things that you probably don't use that much yet they neglect money and finance and so you know we're not bashing them as we fork out money every year for our kids to go to school but these are things that I think are important to kind of teach our kids and hopefully just help them understand money and how it can be a tool and how it can be useful. So and I think you, this can be kind of you know, fun. We were,
1: we were walking and we were talking and we like, some of the stuff we take for granted, we got to make sure we intentionally share. And if we're doing that with our kids, if there's anything somebody else could take from this as a dad or a mom, I know I'm appreciative of learning um, from experts in every other walk of life. This particular one, this subject of investing, I think is unintentionally intimidating i think a lot of parents think they have to figure out some sophisticated plan and they'll wait till they have more money to worry about it or a little bit later when i actually have found the magic is making this even simpler and something that we literally could talk to a very young kid and you've got the baby of the bunch so we're going to do that first and then next week my 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 soon-to-be graduate in a week they some brilliant middle school teacher had them do a message in a bottle to themselves and then they gave it to the parents seven years later and it was a couple of predictions of what would happen in high school for that sixth grader and it was pretty cool to read Um, if we could give a couple of messages in a bottle to our nine kids across the ages now from an infant to almost college graduate and then my high school graduate next week here's what they would be. And Jackson gets to go first because he is in the thick of it. When it seems like there is no time in the world to do any of this stuff, I have found some of these simple conversations with our kids and what they watch and hear us doing, not saying, can really be worth more than all of the education some of us are saving up for and, and worried about, can I afford it? I actually think the time with you could be even more valuable. I've seen it work in the world of investing, anyways. I can't teach them all the different trades. Uh, so, some of those, I mean, we had that conversation this weekend too, Jackson. I was like, man, you know, it's not cool anymore to 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 be a plumber or an HVAC guy, but I'm paying these guys and gals a fortune. Like some of those <laughs> real jobs, yeah. I, I can't I can't teach you any of those trades, but we can share a little bit about the investing, and then with permission, they should probably go pursue some of those uncrowded paths and jobs, which is part of this magic from the playbook. There's some of these lessons as investors that they might be able to apply in the real world. And we want to share as much as we possibly can. We have fun doing it.
0: You know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I think we've mentioned this. We moved into a a new house and we had to get the trick I've realized in Idaho is they sell you a house when there's snow on the ground so that you're excited to buy it. Then the snow melts and you realize the magnitude and scope of work you have to get done. So I was talking to the concrete guy that's helping us with some steps, and he was a high school dropout, ended up working in the oil fields 300 hours every two weeks, and then quit and came back to run a concrete business. And he was going over his operations and found out I was in finance, and so we started chatting, and I was just blown away at the life and the business that he has built in taking this very uncrowded Untraditional path, and I was I was proud of that, and I think that segues uh, I'm proud of it for him, right? Um, I think that segues nicely into the first thing that I would teach young kids about money, and it's just the value of money, right? And I want in this day and age when kids see YouTubers giving out twenty thousand dollars for a, a you know a, a video challenge and all this money flying around, and the world of crypto, everybody seems like they're getting rich overnight. I want my kids to know that it takes sweat and energy to earn money. And I want them to respect that. And the best example I have is my first job, $6 and 15 cents an hour, which I, thinking back, I'm pretty sure that was minimum wage. Uh, I worked for the Murray city parks and rec parks department in the summer. And I cleaned up parks, mowed the grass, cleaned the bathrooms. It took half of my paycheck just to fill up my pickup truck that was a family truck not even mine that I only drove to get to work and back and then maybe out with my friends to a baseball game or something that night and so as that that example is burned into my brain of I'm working just to be able to get to work and then maybe go grab a hot dog and a hamburger at the ballpark with my friends From that day on, I rode my bike to work and I packed my own lunch because in my mind, if I went to lunch with the crew, that was an hour and a half worth of work just to be able to buy, you know, buy a Subway sandwich or, you know, Jimmy John's or whatever. And so I think that's an important thing to instill in the brains of our young kids. And I I remind myself about this. There's nothing wrong with riding your bike with your lunch pail going to work and getting wealthy, the old fashioned way through sweat, blood and tears, and you know, intellect if you decide to take one of those uh, career paths. But I feel like a lot of the times in the modern world that there's a disconnect here between the value of money and what it takes to actually earn money. And I don't want that to be forgotten on my
1: on my kids. I think it's the biggest missing step, unfortunately. And I, I try really hard. Um, to, to, to make sure we dare to be different here as, as dads, or as anybody listening to this in that in that book, How I Invest My Money, I said the greatest trick the devil ever played on investors is making them think the investing part is the most important part. And what I meant was it's really the work for, for us. And certainly if we start them off early thinking that that work part, it makes the value of the money change, number one, like you said, but it's without question, your craft, if you really get good at something, you're gonna have the highest ROI on that than any fund or investment to begin with. So it works in a lot of different ways. But your first great point that your kids are gonna see and learn and feel from you, it's its true. And it's, I mean, my, my dad grew up dirt poor farmer in, in Texas. And I remember some of those little bitty stories like what a nickel or a dime meant to him when he went in town and it was a long several mile walk into town where all the cool kids were and they were buying the soda or the candy. And he said, it just felt different to him. It wasn't, does it cost 10 cents? It was how many rows is that going to cost me? And what he meant was he was like, as a kid, he was picking cotton and how many rows at a hundred degrees it would take for him to come up with that 10 cents. And all of a sudden the Coke, just wasn't that good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And if our kids, it's gonna be very difficult because some of these kids have a lot more comfort. And I think it's a curse than some of us did. And so I think that curse of comfort, you're gonna, as as a parent, if you're listening to this, I mean, Jackson's starting off with probably the best tip of all, um, don't skip that step and and watch them feel and see the value of hard work. Um, And I had a job ever since I was 13, every year and every summer since. And it's not easy. I mean, it's easy for you to say this, but we have kids and those summers are getting shorter and they're going away. So daring to be different in that respect um, and, and working hard totally change, changes the value of money, which is a great point you're making.
0: Yeah, I think it, it and it's easy for them to lose that and not be taught that in modern society which you know we're on youtube i love the platform i love what all these creators are doing but i just want to make sure that that down to earth value of money gets instilled and, and as us adults listening it's important to remember that as well right we're, we're making more money than we ever have and things are great but it's also that when we spend that that you know that took a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and i think that goes nicely into point two which is i would emphasize and do emphasize with my kids saving money and I, I want to teach them how money can be a tool and how it can provide security. Um, and if you don't save money, and you know there's more going out than than is coming in, it can very quickly control your life. And I run into this in financial planning where sometimes we have to get into, you know, brain sales and rewire some stuff. And, and one of the biggest uh, problems I see is a lot of people think in terms of. How much payment can I afford, right? When they're buying a car or they're buying a home, you know, and they think of it in terms of monthly cash flow instead of, you know, asset purchases and and different prices and the cost of borrowing money. So I think if you can instill in kids saving money, um, now I was proud. I got another quick story. This is the best way I've learned to teach my kids, and we'll see if it works or not when they're grown, is just share examples and stories. But I was proud. My son had a second tooth fall out yesterday. And as you know, it's like 1130 at night and parents were trying to do the Tooth Fairy thing, I realized, oh, we gotta go slide the money under the pillow. And uh, I found his previous Tooth Fairy money saved in the pile of cash we have set aside for him. And I wasn't robbing his piggy bank to pay him, uh, but I was just proud because maybe it's working and he hadn't immediately taken that 10 bucks and rode his bike to the gas station with older brother to go you know, buy candy bars or whatever. And I just think if you can, from a young age, Save some money, you know, whether it's a little bit of money or, you know, 50%, whatever, saving money and turning money into a tool and a foundation um, for your life instead of something that controls you and something that creates stress for you. I think that is monumental and incredibly powerful. And the one thing I will say is it's never too late to change your mentality. You don't have to make this change when you're six months old, like Joey, and just starting to crawl. Um, You know, if you're 25, 30, I mean, however old, you can start putting an emphasis on saving money and, and it will change the way, uh, change your relationship with money and finances. And it turns it from being a scary thing into a very empowering, uh, peace creating, you know, just force in your life. So I, I think that's a really important thing to emphasize after you teach them how to value those hard earned dollars.
1: You know what I've seen recently, speaking of savings, is some of the parents needing to borrow from some of the younger kids because they're the only ones with a couple bucks cash on hand at the house. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to this, how many times have you snuck into <laughs> your kid's room, you needed a five or a 10 for something and they're the only ones that have any savings anymore? Um, I would keep that in mind for us big kids. I noticed we're about to hit $1 trillion in credit card debt. So <sighs> my second, piece of advice after get a hard job um and there's an advantage in discomfort would be that that math sneaks up on people adults included big kids where they're paying 20 percent on just a little bit they'll make the payment that turns into a lot and the rule of holes that i live by as a portfolio manager and sales disciplines is when you're in a hole stop digging that credit card debt. And just the simplest of teaching these kids the math that they might want to talk about interest rates and the debt ceiling and returns when they have a 20% guaranteed return by paying off their credit card. First things first. Really, really, really simple. And they're smart people. I mean, that sounds basic to some people listening to this. Others may need that to remind that that would be my second piece of advice to kids, simply never have any credit card debt. And I understand that's easier said than done. And there are problems and there are situations and there are disasters. I get it, but I would do almost anything. Borrow from family members, not really your kid's piggy bank, but a second job. I met with somebody recently who remembered fondly at the time it was sad and depressing. He didn't think about it and it probably didn't even register, but his mom took out a second job at night. Um, anything is better than 20% whole of interest rate debt. And for most people, that means just stop buying stuff. There are certain emergencies. I wouldn't put an emergency on a credit card at, at all costs. So that, that simple math, um, is a big deal to start kids early. And my, I remember my grandfather, he called it mad money. He'd always have an extra $20 folded up teeny tiny in his wallet. So if something ever happened, he ran out of money. He was in a really bad spot. Or he worked really, really hard and he wanted an extra piece of fun somewhere. Somehow, a candy as a big kid, I guess. He would always have an extra mad money, $20. And guess what? This big kid, uh, about 50 years since he told me that later, still has. I'm not going to tell you where it is, brother. It's, <laughs> not, it's not my wallet, though. But I get extra little bitty 20 folded up. My kid knows where it is. It's the console in my car. <laughs> and we get it for snow cones every once in a while, but then we got to replace it
0: immediately. I think snow cones are always a good idea. That that mad money turns into a fun Monday night. And the there's some stuff now. that
1: you need cash for. Yeah, you get a pinch these days. You're like you, oh my gosh, I, you need that. You need to. And kids have it. Let's a lot of what we're talking. We've messed up and we've made too complicated. Like kids saving before they invest, working hard for it, having cash, and then talking about investing. Like maybe we've made this too confusing. Maybe, maybe we just go right back there where it all started because it tends to work pretty well.
0: You know, so I think that this is so important when you walk into my office here in Idaho, the first thing you see on the left-hand side is this piggy bank, but it's the old school kind of piggy bank that doesn't have the plug on the bottom. It's the kind that you got to smash with a hammer to open it, but the feet of the pig are dipped in brown paint like mud. And so I always think The pig is working hard to save its money and then you're gonna have to crack the bank open which you're obviously not going to want to do unless you're really keen on spending that money on something exciting so these principles although basic they are incredibly powerful so i'm gonna flip the order of the script here because uh i'm gonna switch three and four because debt i think this is a perfect segue debt can be a tool and it can be very useful buying a home going to school um you know buying a business expanding your business but it can also be a weapon of mass destruction for your own personal finances 20% credit card rates personal loans payday loans if you're not careful especially when you're young you're 18 you're eligible to get these credit cards you're eligible to go out and you know build your credit and people put a lot of emphasis emphasis on on credit scores which i think are important but you're playing with fire here and Another example I have, I'm a hotshot, just out of, just out of college. Got my first job where I have to wear a suit and a tie every day. And they, they show us at the firm I was working for, big firm. Hey, did you know that the company that we work for offers a credit card that gives you 2% cash back on everything? I've never had a credit card. You know, I think I, I can actually get one of these now. I sign up for it. Very, very meticulous on my spending. I wrote down in my phone as an alert the day that the payment was due. So I don't log in, I just think, okay, it's due the 15th of the month, I better log in, it's the 15th. I didn't realize that it takes a couple of days for your bank account to link to your credit card account to get that thing paid off. So my first and only time I've ever been late on a credit card payment was my first month of ever having a credit card. And that is burned into my mind as an example um a poor use you know I I was you know I thought I was a hot shot right and I was living high had a big boy job with money and I goofed up and was late on my very first payment and I was I did everything right except for misunderstanding and I got lucky because a lot of people don't even understand when you charge the credit card you're paying this huge interest and I, I think what you said Ryan is really profound paying down a credit card at a 20%. Uh, cost is giving yourself a 20% ROI. Right? That's the one of the best investments, if not the best investment anybody can ever make. It's unreal powerful. And so I don't like being in the camp where debt is always bad. I think it can be very useful, especially if you're getting a home and you're responsible with buying your first home or you know uh, creating a place to start your family and, and grow. Uh, but it can very quickly become... Um, a terrible thing that you become a slave to. I think student loans are another hotly debated part where there's just a lot of kids out there that want to go get college education and they're going to be diligent. But when you're 18 and you sign up for hundreds of thousands of dollars of of student loan debt that can never be forgiven, even in bankruptcy, I think that that's a miss or under discussed topic here. That is terrifying. And when we talk about ROI on what your degree is and what you go to school for, you need to put some thought into that before you, you know, you get one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in debt for, you know, something that probably won't even come close to helping you pay that off. So I think debt is a tool, but like playing with a table saw or a chainsaw, it can be a very terrible, uh, terrible tool at for some people if you use them wrong.
1: What's next? What are you telling young Joey? And how old is she now? She's six months. So she's really taking this in and I can see her scooting up to the edge of her (laughs) chair, listening. And you got some older ones at home too. Um, What's next?
0: All right. So we have an episode about this and I'll link it in the show notes. It's it's called invest with your kids. And my youngest is a little too young, right? She's still learning how to say mom or dad. Um, But my six-year-old is starting to get this right. And my four-year-old. So investing with your kids, I decided I wanted to open up an investment account for my kid, and let him control what we do, right? What and could I, possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? And I, I'll put odds on him as outperforming after I see the portfolio he built.
1: And and the most, and I'm joking, because you know where I'm going with this, the, the most unasked questions from much a ter- tired parents, overwhelmed, that we need to ask ourselves more often. What might go right? What you might light on fire or just a little spark
0: and Peter Lynch, you know, follow your daughters to the mall. You say, follow your kids to the couch. So I sat down and the modern brokerage platforms, they don't have minimums anymore. I remember when I started, it was 2500 bucks to even get into a mutual fund. You had enough, had enough money to buy one full share plus the commission. The way they work now, you can put pennies into these individual you know, individual equities or funds or whatever your strategy. So I sat down with my son and I said, we're going to take your money and we're going to turn it into an investment. And what that means is that it will grow to be more and more money because these businesses or these stores, that was a good way for him to understand it. They make the things that everybody like you loves. So what are your favorite things? And we wrote it down, couldn't find a notepad, but I found one of these uh, like little pads so you could click the button and it disappears. So we wrote down rocket launchers, cars, basketball, golf, and video games. So as I took those categories, we boiled that down with a little help from dad into Lockheed Martin, AutoZone, Dick's Sporting Goods, Callaway Golf, and NVIDIA. And I explained to him each one of these companies and how it related to the favorite things in his life, what he liked. And then we bought those stocks, right? It's sitting in his portfolio. It's an account in my name that I've nicknamed for Elliot. And we started off with tiny amount of money. And every time he gets paid, it's now... You know, hey, can I put some money here? You know, for shoveling up dirt in the backyard, or taking the dogs on a walk, or whatever it is he's doing. Um, and I, I thought that that was working. Really and then I think it's working because when I picked him up Friday evening from basketball practice, he jumped in the car with me. And he said, "Hey, Dad, how's the market doing?" You know, how's how's the market? And he has no clue, right? Isn't getting this, but he he's asking me, like, how's my money doing? Like, what's happening with my money? And uh, I just think that that's a really powerful way to connect. And I've, as a financial planner, I've seen dozens, dozens of times of of people will say, I just don't quite understand how I turn my money into stocks. How do I actually invest? And if we can break those barriers down, he was excited about that. He wants to buy more of the rocket launcher business, you know, every time his tooth falls out or he gets a little bit of allowance money. And I, I feel like that is a really good way to teach them young. Once you've taught them the value of money, how to save some, you know, fill the piggy bank. Don't borrow or spend more than you're, you've you got coming in. You can't take any loans out from your parents and you can use your money to turn it into more money. That's one of my favorite experiences I've had with him when it comes to teaching this. I think it's powerful.
1: And then your ninth grader slugged him in the back seat and said, wrong question, rookie. It's not how the market is doing. It's how are our companies doing. He gets that- <laughs> he gets at in a couple that's graduate level investing with kids um darn right I, I think including mistakes you say oh my gosh that's too risky why would you have a kid's college account in six stocks well for one thing We might want to reframe some of these questions, but I I got a kid in elementary school who costs more than a kid of mine in college, so (laughs) we got to save for a lot of different things. Let's not do everything and defer everything for a college that may or may not cost as much as you think, Um, but even including the mistakes, which what better time to fall flat on your face with a bad idea from you or your dad or your mom talking about stuff as when you're in elementary school. But what might go right what might when you're stuck in line with mom or dad at a business to turn that negative into a positive like hey what wh- what do you think these other guys in line are here doing max what it puts waiting in a whole different mindset like let's talk about how many of those boxes are going out to the, what do you think's in there what do you think their profit margin is remember what profit margin is and I'll take those lessons that start as early as six. I'll take those cumulatively to now my graduating senior, which we'll talk about next week. I will put those up against an MBA if done right.
0: Yeah, I, I can. As an MBA, I completely agree. Think about the money I spent and wasted on some of the courses I had to pay, and pay for. Um, all right, so the fifth
1: one along the way, and I'm gonna, I'm, I want to give, I'm gonna give the ball right back to you. This is yours, but I want to make sure when we do the YouTube show, and there's a good reason um, to watch and listen to these on YouTube and we thank you for subscribing. We thank you for the feedback we've gotten on podcasts and then also on the YouTube, but there's a link. I was reminded of it recently because all of this, if, if all of these different lessons falling flat on your face with an investment idea or making a couple bucks, if they all result in, I wanna go back to work next summer, dad, or maybe even work after school to get more to invest, then that's where the magic has really happened. And so we have a post um, that's the 300-hour rule, um, which is quite a bit different than the 10,000-hour rule that too many parents are bludgeoning themselves and their kids over and saying, oh my gosh, we got to go, you know, we need to train more for baseball this weekend or piano lessons because the 10,000-hour rule suggests if we miss out on that, so we don't have time for a summer job or an after Good news, if you want to give yourself several thousand hours back i found the professor who started the actual ten thousand rule and it is a complete myth we wrote about it we unpacked it and we turned it into a 300 hour rule that i think any parent listening to this will really enjoy so we'll post that Um, it was one of my favorite research deep dives as dealing with as a parent how we're going to make sense of this and turn every frustration into an opportunity i love that
0: I, i think that's incredible there's dividends here that are paid not just from free cash flow, but in all kind of aspects here, I'll tell you one thing that I underrated was how much fun that was going to be as a dad and letting him get a glimpse into our world a little bit and see what it is. My daughter says i'm a financialer, and uh, I'm excited to teach her what a financialer can do, right and how <laughs> how maybe it's not so boring, maybe it is who knows all right, so the fifth one this is this is a little soft side here um couple years ago, Ryan sent us a link to an Aaron Watson song called the underdog. Mm. And this has very quickly become kind of the motto of our family. And it's a good song. I'll post a link to the YouTube video in the show notes. So in the description, of YouTube here and the podcast notes. Um, but there's a quote here that says, it says, don't buy anything unless you can pay ca- pay cash, go ahead and throw those credit cards in the trash. Now, there's a little nuance there. I, I don't think Aaron Watson is you know financial advisor. It's really good advice. Um, but just I wanted to make this a point because every single part of that whole song is a message that we blast on the speakers in the car probably four out of five days on the way to school. And when I'm lucky enough to get to pick them up from school, it's on the way home, right and it's our motto. And I I think it's worth a listen. So maybe not financial advice, but it's life advice. And I think that those kind of intertwine.
1: Oh, I'm going to give a bigger shout out to Aaron Watson here because I went to his concert recently. I I will put that financial advice up against most registered advisors. I I think he says it all Um, and keeping things simple um, and working hard, which he started off really, really small shows, and Nashville told him he wasn't going to make anything, no commercial appeal. Um, and he has a song about that, too, and never wanting to wear those tight-fitting skinny jeans, but he's going <laughs> to do it all right here in Texas, and now he's selling out venues across the country. That is good old-fashioned advice, and not just him, but a lot of good old-fashioned advice. And maybe my best capper of that for an infant to the kids is, that, man, maybe just listen to your grandparents or parents just a little bit because they've got some really, really good stories. My business hero as a kid, a little kid, was sitting at the feet of my grandparents. And we have that entire tear-jerking story on the website as well. And I learned how hard, and they started with $53. This is not about anything other than some of the advantages of discomfort from hard work and, and how how differently every one of those dollars meant. It wasn't a whole lot of speculating or losing one of those $53 would feel a lot different than if it was in some sort of fund or trust or removed from harm. And you got, you know, distance and layers. Let's make this real. Let's put right in front of your kid's face. Let's talk about the good and the bad with them, with them. I love
0: it. I love that. Okay. Sixth and final one I came up with. We'll keep this one short. But I think it's important to teach the power of compounding, compounding interest. And I think- the idea of James Clear in Atomic Habits of 1% better every day, you know, whether it's health or with time spent with your family, but it's also incredibly powerful in money. And there's a game you can play, and not for six-month-old, but maybe six, ninth-grader for sure. You want a million bucks cash, or we get a chessboard out. I put one penny on the first square two on the second square, and I double it for 64 squares. You get all the pennies, or you get a million bucks cash. And I say this all the time. The human brain is good at thinking linearly, one plus one plus one, on and on. It goes as far as you want, or two plus two. But if we get into two times two times two, and we get that exponential curve in there, you can't do that very many times before you need to get out the calculator. And uh, I just think that instilling in kids that good behavior compounds on itself and rewards you later on in life and throughout your life. I think that that is an incredibly powerful concept to teach works for money. It works for morals and values and being a good person and working hard. And I just thought that that was a good way to cap this list and, uh, you know, kind of hand, hand it off to them with, you know, some lessons we've learned. And, And to be frank, like, you know, as a, as a financial pro, like I still remind myself of these things, you know, you get into these situations where you just have to fall back on like, you know, the values you you've been raised with and that you've learned and, and it just, it just pays dividends throughout your life. And it makes, it makes it a whole lot more enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was a good way to kind of cap the advice.
1: As a much younger dad, when I was in your shoes tap on the shoulder advice I'd give you. and works the same in business to to put your compounding point. We, we will overestimate what we can accomplish with our kids or our business in a year. And we will wildly underestimate what we can do in 10 years, in 15 years. Um, so play the long game with them. It yeah. works out pretty well.
0: It's the best job I've ever had, although financial planning, meeting advisors right up there with it. All right, everybody, if you have any questions, would like to schedule a meeting with our team, you can email us team at Freedom Day Solutions. You can look at our website, read all Ryan's blogs, freedomdaysolutions.com. And with that part one, uh, we're bringing part two next week. So appreciate everybody. If you like the show, please leave a comment, subscribe, share it with your friends. And with that, we will see everybody next week. This show is brought to you by Freedom Day Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide. Performance is not guaranteed and past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. To learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Based Solutions may hold positions
1: in the securities discussed.